Welcome to The Turning Point, a podcast for any and all of us who are interested in education in sub-Saharan Africa. On this podcast, we'll be speaking with leaders, teachers, and educators from all walks of life, but all of whom have a keen interest in the preparation of our next generations for an exciting future on the African continent. If you're interested in Africa taking its rightful place on the global education stage, or indeed simply interested in having a small window into this crucially important time in African education's history, join us on The Turning Point to hear what others have to say. Chilifa Gunda is an international educator specializing in biology and junior sciences. He's currently the co-curriculum leader at St. Andrews International High School in Blantyre, Malawi. As an educational leader, he believes that the future of education in Africa is in holistic education, making sure that our children are fully equipped for a diverse and ever-changing world. He also believes that collectively, African educators have the power to find ways of unlocking and solving some of Africa's biggest challenges. Leadership being one of them, and in the process of creating a unique African education system that can be on par with other top education systems around the world. Having held various leadership positions in local and international school settings, Chilipo would like to share his success story as a leader and his thoughts on the future of education in Africa. Welcome, Chilipo, to to uh, this the turning point, this episode of the turning point, where we can discuss together the flavour of an African education. And just to start off our discussion, um, you've had a very interesting and quite a varied uh, educational experience throughout your throughout your life to you know to the point where you're at now. And mo- most of that was, of course, compulsory education. But there must have been a point um, in your history where you like a turning point or where you made a decision to become an educator yourself. Can you just tell us a little bit about that? Well, let's talk about that a bit. All right. Thank you, Dave. Indeed, uh, education in Malawi is compulsory to some extent. Uh, when I say to some extent, uh, what I mean is most parents have some form of expectation for their students to always children to sort of go to school. Uh, however, this is dependent on level of income for these parents. Um, I was lucky enough to have come from a middle-income family, which meant to which meant that I was able to go to a primary government school, uh, secondary school, and I went all the way to university. Now, when I was in uh, secondary school, it was a typical African uh, secondary school where class sizes were about fifty to a hundred students. Um, and classes or lessons usually involved sort of a lecture in a, in a way. Now, one term, we had a, a, a trainee maths teacher who came and taught us for that particular term. And what was interesting was we were all struggling that term in mathematics, as obvious, and I must have been uh, the weakest link in the class. Um, and I tell you, Dave, he simply did one sort of one might seem obvious teaching technique nowadays, but then it was like a new thing for us. He simply put us in groups, uh, did a little bit of differentiation, um, sort of set us in ability-wise. Um, and I tell you, from that alone, it was the end of our year. And progress-wise, we all seemed to have just jumped a few grades up. And in the end, myself, uh, I went as far as doing mathematics in university, um, just from this one term of having a new teacher. Now, 
it hit me that I did not realize that, oh, why don't the other teachers do this? Why can't the other teachers sort of do the same thing that this one teacher has done? And what hit me was we are sort of in a crisis and I'm calling it an education crisis. Um, one, teachers didn't have a clue on how to teach and obviously their settings didn't make it easy for them. And two, there was sort of no identity of what exactly they needed to be teaching. So this prompted me a little bit more to say, I want to be part of the solution to this. I want to be that maths teacher one day. I want to be that one teacher who will change the lives of children in the future. I mean, that's already a really uh, sort of inspirational story. But what makes it quite interesting is that uh, we've all got, I, th I suppose many of us have that have that teacher that we can remember who actually inspired us and, uh, uh, you know, made us think that maybe teaching could be something that I'd quite like to do. But you, you seem to have made that decision pretty early on. Did you have any other examples? I mean, after that example, that was obviously a, a sort of a, an awakening moment, if you like. But do you have any other um, sort of experiences that you had at school, perhaps, or maybe even in university, that, that really cemented the idea of becoming a, 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 new, a new form of African teacher, if you like? All right. Uh, yes, thank you. I think um, now I talked about the identity of an African education, uh, I think when I went to university and I actually was studying education and I was obviously studying education, but I wasn't too sure whether I wanted to be a teacher all my life. But I think uh, what hit me the most was one year, um, I think I was, it must have been in my fourth year, I was thinking ahead what I wanted to do afterwards and um, most of my peers were then thinking of, oh, I'm going to do a master's degree after uh, my undergraduate. And I started applying for schools and uh, sadly, most of the schools, like international schools, were rejecting Malawian students. Uh, and they they had so, sort of weird, strange, difficult requirements that were impossible to uh, sort of come to. They wanted us to have an English, do an English test, which is really expensive. It was about $200, which none of us had. And they had all other strict requirements. Now, to me, I it motivated me even more because what I wanted was how come other African education systems, not maybe African education systems, but other education systems around the world are recognized and sort of easy. A student from that country can find it easy to go study, for example, in the UK or the US. But a student from Malawi has to go through a series of sort of challenges before they are finally accepted into university. So that prompted me even more to say, not only do I want to be a teacher, but I want to be a teacher that sort of is uh, part and parcel of the change that will be in Africa to sort of bring the African education on par with the rest of the world. Yes, and I, I mean, there's this whole there's this whole idea of um, you know teachers being obviously capable of delivering a curriculum um, in a particular way, which obviously can be tied down to I suppose uh, where that curriculum originates and that sort of thing. So, for example, the 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 British curriculum, you know. When teachers are trained in the British curriculum, they're often there's certain methodologies and that sort of thing that are kind of expected, I suppose, of a, of a teacher that comes from the UK. But I think one of the one of the elements that we kind of lose out on when we choosing teachers, if you like, um, yes, is, is 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 that teachers are also partly they're delivering a curriculum, but the other half of that is they're also role models for for the children that they're teaching, for the students that they're teaching, and of course. Uh, 
just from what you're saying and that, that math teacher you talked about, that was very much a kind of a role modeling type of moment for you, of course, in an education context. Um, and as you've developed, so as you've developed, I suppose, as a, as a, as an educator, as an African educator, who's come up through an African system, do you feel like you are, uh, becoming, um, a sort of a role model for the, for the kids that you teach? And also, do you think that there is a new sort of tranche of teachers, if you like, that are very similar to you that are also starting to view the world in that way? All right. Yes. Uh, I, I do feel like that. Um, as I said, my background is from uh, from a Malawian context. Uh, is from local um, government schools. Now, at the moment, I teach at St Andrews International School, and it's the biggest international school in the country, one of the biggest in Southern Africa. And when I joined here, um, students would often ask me, um, "Where did you get your education? Did you come to this school when you were in secondary school?" And I say, "No." And then the next question they ask usually is, did you get trained in the UK or another African country? And when I ask them, like, what African country, they always go like, oh, South Africa or Kenya. So ultimately, this left me a little bit puzzled. And I would often, nowadays, I turn it around and I ask them, why, why do you ask me that question? Um, and often they will say, well, you seem quite educated. And... From a Malawian uh, sort of way of things, the only schools that we know that you would have been educated through would have been either St. Andrews or you would have been trained uh, outside of the country. But to their surprise, I tell them, no, I've gone through all Malawian schools uh, all until university. And the only other time I've actually been outside the country is when I started working as a teacher and I traveled abroad. Uh, so, yes, I think in a way, um, I feel in a way when they ask me that question, sometimes it leaves me a little bit sad that they don't notice that there are, are indeed other good schools within Africa. But it also gives me a sense of hope that they look at me as quite educated. And to them, I'm, I'm hoping that I'm inspiring them that you can be educated in an African school within Africa throughout your life and come out as someone who is sort of um, the same level as someone who would have been educated in a much more developed world as they view it. So, I mean, that's, that's, that's fantastic. But what do you think? Um, first of all, if let's, let's fast forward for, uh, let's say 10 years, what do you think the landscape of, of African education looks like at that point? And then also then, um, um, what is it that's standing in the way? What do we need to do to actually get to that point? Earlier, I talked about, um, the education crisis that had befallen the African continent, uh, the last couple of years, uh, certainly when I was in secondary school. Uh, it gives me so much joy to see the strife that are taking place in different African countries in terms of education. One of which is African governments actually acknowledging the fact that there is an education crisis and them uh, making the necessary policy changes to make sure that there is the right development in that sector. But I think fast forwarding into the future, um, I think African schools, if they I talk and be on par with the rest of the world, I think they need to address the biggest challenge that Africa has, which is um, what I'm calling a leadership crisis. Uh, we have the education crisis, but that's sort of been dealt with. But at the moment, I think as a whole continent, we have a great uh, sort of uh, deal of leadership uh, that is in crisis. Um, I think if schools, African schools are to come and talk, they need to look at how 
they can train leaders um, that are forward thinking, leaders that are willing to change the way people think, the mindset of people. Uh, I think we also need to have leaders within these schools who are sort of um, thinking slightly differently in the way we think at the moment. We need leaders, we need education systems that are decolonized. We need education systems that sort of have put their own providing the same things that other schools are providing across the world. So that is through the first century skills like creative thinking, collaboration, uh, working together. But on top of that, having that special flavor, that's different, that uh, element that makes it unique uh, to the rest of them. Yes, because of course we know um, from both having been educated in Africa and both having educated students in Africa, you know, the education systems there certainly have uh, elements that they need to improve on, of course, as do all. But um, but there is a particular flavor of an African education which 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 I which we've all seen children really can benefit from. So so the future really, uh, would you say the future is quite bright for African education systems? I mean, like how how would you define that? Are you are you quite hopeful or are you sort of a bit more pessimistic about the future? I'm highly optimistic about the future of uh, African education. Um, I would like to just read a little bit of something about um, an African education. I think one of the other things that makes um, an African education slightly different than the rest of the world is the notion of what we call in Africa Ubuntu. Uh, and I just want to read something about Ubuntu that was written by a South African psychologist who currently works at the University of South Africa. Um, so I'll just read from that. So then she, she writes, the notion of Ubuntu or communalism is of great importance in an African educational discourse, as well as in African philosophy of education. And in an Af African philosophical discourse, Ubuntu is a philosophy that promotes the good of society and includes humanness as an essential element of human growth. Philosophy of life, philosophy of education, thus go together because Philosophy of life helps to identify the goals and purposes that a particular society holds dear. So I want to just pick out three things from this. Uh, community, a sense of belonging, and the spirit of Ubuntu. I think these three things make African education or African schools slightly unique uh, to the rest of the world. And you, when you look at, when you think about the current post-COVID uh, times, these three things have come out to be what people need in life, you know, um, the spirit of resilience, the spirit of being able to undertake change and go through tough ties, but still be together as a community. I think we don't normally uh, acknowledge these in our curriculum in Africa, but they are there, they're embedded, they're embedded in our culture. And I think this is what was going to come out as strong uh, from our education systems. I, I love that. Uh, I love that uh, description and the way you extrapolated that out to the to the education systems for the future. And of course, that optimism is is uh, music to loads of people's ears. I think, uh, including my own. I, th I think I certainly agree with you that uh, Africa has a, a hugely optimistic future in education. Um, and because of those special flavors, you talked about the flavor of Ubuntu, the philosophy of Ubuntu, and how that's so intricately linked to life and education. Um, and I think if we are able to 
bring the right systems and the right approach and and get over some of the hurdles that stand in the place, like the leadership that you talked about. Um, I think really there is a very bright future. So, so uh, thank you very much for your for your for your answers today, uh, Chilipo, and your and your discussion and your honesty and openness. Um, to leave our audience, I'd like to ask you one final question, and that is, if you had a one line message to get to give out to all the schools in Africa, what would that one line message be? So, my one line message to all African leaders uh, across the continent is that the future. Uh, of the world belongs to Africa. Uh, and a, a lot of people acknowledge this. Uh, let us all work together to best prepare leaders that will need that change. That's brilliant. Thank you very much, Chilipo. It's been great talking to you. And uh, thank you to our audience for, uh, to, for, for staying with us throughout this podcast. That's great. We hope to see you again soon. Fuck, 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 fuck.